Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Late on this Tuesday night, appreciate you guys being here and hanging out. And the, the topic of the day is Ole Miss has lost a couple of their portal commitments because that is now a thing that, that happens, is portal players uh, flip from one school to another. It's like traditional recruiting, only with players that are a little bit older. But anyway, so we talk about that tonight. Uh, that's um, that's a big, uh, big deal. Can Ole Miss recover from that? Well, of course. We'll talk about both sides of this. Get to the live chat as well. Also, basketball tomorrow. Uh, I wouldn't call it a big game for Ole Miss, but uh, an important game to, to keep the winning going. It's an LSU team that's certainly beatable, but it's difficult to play on the road in the SEC, as you guys know uh, already, and then a buzzsaw with uh, with Auburn on Saturday. So an interesting week for uh, for Ole Miss basketball. That'll get started tomorrow. We will do a post-game recap of that, so be on the lookout for that. I'm excited to watch this game, frankly, and uh, and see if Ole Miss can continue uh, their winning ways, especially against uh, teams that are like on their caliber or lesser. They've obviously, because they're you know, only have one loss on the season. They have taken care of business uh, against equal or lesser teams. And then you look around their schedule, by the way. NC State got a big win last night. Look at their record uh, at the moment. Memphis is uh, obviously quite good. But even these other teams that they beat in the non-conference that you just, that, that we all just kind of turned our nose up at as, you know, just win and move on. A lot of teams that are in first place in their conference, their divisions right now that Ole Miss beat in the non-conference. So schedule is shaping up to be a little bit better than, uh, than we thought it was at the time. But anyway, we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow night after the game. Looking forward to doing that with you. But in the meantime, here is the Tuesday live chat talking about a not great week when it comes to Ole Miss in the portal uh, on the defensive side of the ball anyway. So again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. If you have not already, if you're listening on the website, search Rebel Report in your favorite podcast app. Subscribe. And leave a rating and a review. And before we get into it, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. If your Mississippi business, anywhere in this state, needs office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, whatever it is, if it's technology, if it's in the office, and your Mississippi business needs it, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. They make you their priority. We've got local loan servicing and decision-making. So if you need a loan, uh, it's somebody that you sit down with face-to-face that you get to know. It's not somebody that you have to hop on Zoom with to talk to because they live a few states away. It's somebody right in your backyard because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. They've got online banking like everybody does, but theirs is a one-stop shop where all you need is an internet connection and you can do whatever you need to do with your money without needing multiple apps to do it because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here it is. 
Tuesday live chat. Again, we'll do basketball recap after the game tomorrow. But for now, here is your Tuesday live chat talking Ole Miss portal and more, of course, uh, throughout the uh, conversation. So I hope you enjoy that, and I'll see you uh, tomorrow night. That's the topic, uh, the lead topic anyway tonight, is Ole Miss had a bad portal day. Uh, frankly, kind of a bad portal week. Now, uh, you know, we're going to do the uh, negative spin and positive spin here in a second, but let's just kind of give you the rundown. So today's news, Tyler Barron, uh, the edge rusher from Tennessee, uh, who committed to Ole Miss uh, some time ago, uh, even was like moving into and starting the enrollment process at Ole Miss, but hadn't officially happened yet, announced his flip to Louisville tonight. That's after Tamarian McDonald, the safety from also Tennessee uh, a few days ago, uh, announced his flip from Ole Miss to Louisville. Uh, Decameron Richardson, as you guys know already, is uh, off to the NFL as opposed to Ole Miss. There's also now um, uh, buzz about uh, Taz Nicholson, who's a a player that seemingly most people forgot, uh, also heading off to Louisville as well. So uh, that may or may not happen. I don't know. I probably shouldn't have even brought that up because if that doesn't happen, this is not going to age well. But um, even with those three happening all within the span of a few days, um, not – not great. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, not particularly good. Uh, that you need edge rushers like a Tyler Barron if you're going to be competitive. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, they are uh, not going to add another one at some point because you guys know how the portal works, especially at Ole Miss. But um, uh, Tyler Barron is a loss. It's certainly a loss. I don't think would have started uh, this year for Ole Miss, but uh, definitely uh, a, a loss nonetheless. Uh, you know how they rotate on the defensive line. Would have played a lot uh, for this year's team and, and very experienced um, quality SEC transfer. And, and so that's a, that's a big loss today. Richardson, like I said to you guys before, regardless of what some people around Mississippi State were trying to convince you, that is a good quality uh, defensive back. He's going to be picked in the uh, First few rounds of the NFL draft. He's not a day one guy, but he will be drafted for a good reason. He's a quality player. Uh, So it's a bad portal week. Uh, Losing three guys on the defensive side of the ball is not, uh, I mean, let's just be honest, it's not particularly good. So let's do negative spin, positive spin. Let's do that. So here's your negative spin. Here's a positive spin. Your negative spin is the timing, especially of Tyler Barron, is that of where it limits you, especially in this window. It's going to be hard to find an edge rusher because you have to find one from one of the teams that have recently lost their coaches to get them to come in through spring. Now, you you had guys join the Ole Miss team. Hold on. That's all negative. Hold, let, stop. Let that, negative spin time. I almost got ahead of myself. So it's going to be hard to find somebody to, to come in and be an edge rusher to go through the spring with you and your system. I don't even know really if they're in on any of these guys. I know there's uh, an old portal target that's uh, Washington bound that uh, possibly, uh, I mean, I guess he could hit the portal if you want to, so you can do the tampering thing and and try to get him. But there's really not that many options uh, available uh, at all. And same thing with Richardson. There's very few quality corners uh, like him out there not only in this window, but in general, because I, I think uh, really highly of uh, of a guy like him. And, and we've talked about McDonald before. 
uh, just a quality depth piece in the secondary coming from an SEC school, so you know what he can do. Uh, those are significant losses, and those are difficult positions uh, to replace, especially when you cannot bring them in. Most likely, you can't bring them in for this semester and to get them to go through spring with you and, and acclimate more and stuff like that. So there's your negative spin. You're losing an edge rusher. You need those to win games. Richardson would have been a quality plug-and-play starting defensive back that you could rely on to cover the best receivers on your opponents uh, basically on a weekly basis. I know what happened in the LSU game, but but everybody got cooked by LSU. He's a quality player, and, and that's a significant loss. So there's your negative spin. Your positive spin, though, uh, however, is uh, I don't think neither Barron nor McDonald were going to start for Ole Miss. I mean, I guess Barron in theory could have, but when you have Ivy and also the incoming uh, Uman Mielin, it kind of seems like your edges were already taken care of there when you picked up Barron. So even though he would have played a lot because Pete Golding and the the way they operate defense lends a lot of playing time to even non-starters, it does not appear, at least from my uh, amateur vantage point, that you're losing what would have been a starter even though it would have been a, a guy that would have received a high volume of snaps and would have been uh, very helpful for that defense. At least it wasn't Uman Mielin or Ivy, because I think those two guys would have played more. Again, I could be wrong, but I think so. Do not think McDonald would have started. Uh, it just, you know, fine player, but they also already have gone one for one with him. So McDonald out, and then they got Yam Banks in, who was rated higher. So that helps. And frankly, if you're looking for positive spin for, for losing Richardson to the draft, I, I have a hard time coming up with it. At least he's not going to play for somebody else. Uh, he is going off to the NFL. Uh, so I guess there's your positive spin is he's not going to play for Mississippi State this year or somewhere else in the SEC. If you can't have him, at least he is going to the NFL as opposed to somebody that you're playing against. So uh, significant losses for sure. It's not over. Uh, you, you've seen uh, how this program, uh, the Ole Miss program, operates in the transfer portal. You know how they work. You know there's another spring window coming open. Like I mentioned, they've already gone one for one with McDonald anyway with uh, with Banks. Uh, we'll see if they can do it on the defensive line as well. I know they had a defensive back visiting uh, from Michigan. It gets brought up in the chat. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, so there is a possible replacement there. But this is the portal era. Uh, this is the portal era, especially when you have – a, a late academic start. Uh, it's not over uh, until it's officially over, and, and this is going to happen sometimes. Uh, Ole Miss is going to do this to people. They have done it to people, and people are going to do it to them. Louisville is very clearly a uh, a major player when it comes to uh, the NIL and Portal game, and you, you just you got to tip your hat to them and give them credit, and, and also get back into the game and try to beat them uh, at that game. I mean, it's it's really. You know, it's very transactional. I know people are, are bothered by the fact that it is transactional. But when you look at the situation, you, you lose these guys. Well, go, go get another one. Go get one from somebody else and, and continue to play the game because that is how the game is played now. It's um, frustrating for some. It's annoying and all that. I know coaches are, are having a really hard time with it, especially, uh, like I said before, the timing. From, uh, from Ole Miss's perspective on losing Barron, it really limits their possibilities of replacing him now, like I said. Uh, and maybe you might not even be able to at all because once you get a guy like that and he's moving into town, 
you know, you, you think that they're there. And so you don't worry about losing them. But as it turns out, they, they certainly did. So um, it's uh, it's just the, the news of college football. Uh, you, you play that game as well as anybody. So now you just got to go back onto the field and, and play it again. So we'll get to your comments and uh, we'll talk for another, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes or so, however long uh, this lasts. There, there's basketball going on. There's NFL playoffs going on. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff. And so whatever you guys uh, want to talk about, as you know, we will talk about that. Justin says Barron's money will be used elsewhere on a stud player. And that's kind of, again, see, I, I think that your mindset is kind of how you have to look at it because that's how coaches, I assume, are looking at it. Is even though the timing's unfortunate, well, the money that you were going to pay him is is now available for you to go pay somebody else. It's, you know, guy in, guy out. And, and once they're in, you try to acclimate them to your culture and, and you try to get them, you know, to, to buy into the program and into the team. And you can do that. It's certainly possible. Uh, but since he, he chose not to for whatever reason, then you've got now money that was allocated for that player, however much it is, to uh, use on somebody else. Uh, I think the the reaction on both sides of this that I've seen so far is a, a little bit crazy. You, you've got the the super negative where it's like, what is the collective? Is the collective out of money? What is happening? What like that kind of freak out? And then the people that are like, oh, it's totally fine. These guys, no big deal. Whatever. The truth, as we say all the time, lies somewhere in the middle. But you are right, and that's the right mindset to have. Is you know, whatever. Uh, I mean. He never played a snap for you, so being upset that he's not playing for you anymore is kind of wasted emotional capital. They got money now. Go get somebody else. That's that's just college football these days, and you appreciate the guys that that are loyal, and then just kind of move on from the guys that aren't. It's it's transactional, and and that's what college football is today. Now, you also say that Michigan defensive back is going to be a stud as well. He's got several years left. That used to be. A lot more meaningful than it is now. I mean, you used to, if you would get a, a transfer with multiple years of eligibility left, you locked that transfer down because of the one-time penalty-free transfer, and then afterwards you had to be a graduate. Well, that's not even uh, the case anymore. But, yeah, that's, um, if they can pull that off, then um, then at least you have, athletically, you think, is an adequate replacement for Richardson. Now, Richardson has a lot more experience but still, that would also be a, a really nice consolation for losing Richardson is getting somebody like that uh, on board to fill that void, especially considering, uh, I mean, the, the, the coaching that he got at Michigan, all joking aside about uh, the, the sign stealing, uh, Michigan's defensive backs, their whole defense was so incredibly well coached. Uh, I mean, just dominant, and they tackled well and, and all of that, so... Um, however long he's been in that system is is good enough uh, because you know, based on what you saw on the field at Michigan, that they, they are coached well on that side of the ball. So at least his college experience uh, to this point would have been a good one. So, yeah, that would be a nice uh, consolation prize for uh, for sure. Could this be one of those things where it means Ole Miss is getting a Bama-Washington-Michigan edge to come in? I do not think that's what this means. Now, that doesn't mean they won't do that, but I, I do not think that they're losing Barron because somebody else is coming in. I would be willing to bet. Now, I haven't talked to any coaches today, but just using philosophy paired with ability, 
they, they he wasn't forced out. Now, I do wonder if like like why he would go to Louisville. Is it simply money? Did Louisville offer more money where Ole Miss was not willing to increase their price? Do they offer a guaranteed starting spot where Ole Miss was not willing to do that? Because I said, as I said before, he probably wasn't going to start. At least I don't think so. Um, Ivy and Uman Mielin, I think, w- would have started uh, in that kind of role that he's in. But I-, I would love to know, you know, what it was that that made him choose Louisville. Is it money? Is it playing time? Whatever it may be. Um, but I-, I don't think this was a. They, they've got somebody like already waiting to replace him, so they're cool with him leaving. I really don't think that they want him to leave. Um, it is a loss. Um, it is a loss. Now, that doesn't mean they can't get somebody like that. If you're asking me to name one, I, I couldn't possibly tell you uh, if they've got one coming in or not. It's hard to keep up. They keep things kind of under wraps. But, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Frankly, I just I just do not. I do not know uh, if if they've got one lined up and ready, but I do not think that they are anything other than disappointed that Barron is not there anymore. You'd also be interested to see how DJ Holmes has progressed in a professional strength and conditioning program for a year. Kid is a pure pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, and they they still have depth there. A lot of guys played. Uh, for for Ole Miss on the defensive line last year. A lot of young guys, too, uh, even. And, and they recruited well from the high school ranks in that spot. They're, they're going to get somebody. I mean, that, that's the thing here. It, it, not ideal, uh, the, the timing, because you're not going to get somebody in for spring. But, I, I mean, I just – I expect them to get an edge, uh, I, whether it be from one of those schools you mentioned that has a, a coach out or in the spring window. They're they're going to to get somebody, but at the moment, it certainly should sting. You appreciate the info, thanks, Lee. Glad you're here, man. Not great, says T. Yeah, it's uh, you know, T. You you leave Mississippi, by the way, and you send Indiana weather down here. By the way, uh, we appreciate that. Um, you wouldn't sweat losing Baron after you take a gander at his 2023 stats. There's a reason Pete Golding and and Lane Kiffin wanted him, though. I, I mean, I, look, his his pressure rate was really, really good, even if they didn't end up in sacks. Um, th- th- there's a reason Pete Golding wanted him, and and I, I'm not going to question the evaluation prowess of of Pete Golding. So, um, it would be different if it was Princely. Or if it was Ivy, if it was one of those two guys, I, I would have a, a slightly different, not a slight, I would have a different reaction if it was one of those two that you lose late. But um, it's still not nothing. Imagine leaving a potential top 12 team to go play in the ACC. Was playing time a concern or is it just NIL? I, I wish I could answer that. I know I just kind of went through that. Uh, I'm a little behind on messages, but I, I wish I could answer that. I, I do not know. I do know, though, that Brahm, I mean, Brahm's, doing really well. I mean, they had a good year. They're involved in, in the NIL game. Uh, I mean, Louisville expects to be a, a playoff contender this year. Remember, it's a 12-team playoff for everybody, not just the SEC. So th- there's reasons to like Louisville. Um, I mean, you, we, people have got to change their mindset about the, the modern age of college football. Louisville's an attractive program today. They're paying well, they've got a good coach, and they've got access to the playoff. But uh, 
it's the same principles that you apply to Ole Miss are the ones that you have to apply to a place like Louisville and Missouri uh, because they're they're involved in this deal and they have a chance now that the playoff feels accessible for a place like Louisville. So they have the right mix of players returning and the ability to get guys in the portal. And and you've got a very similar situation to that of, uh, of Ole Miss, no doubt. Say Louisville dropped a bag with some help from Adidas, I'm sure. Papa John's is, was big in Louisville Athletics, too. Yeah, he's uh, he got disassociated, though, remember? At least I think he does. Um, I don't know if if the, the apparel brands are spending money on portal recruits. I think they're just in it. Do I think Michigan will put in a no-firing clause and a contact for Jim Harbaugh? Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be coaching in the NFL next year, so it will not matter what they put in his contract, unless something has broken in the last 10 minutes. Because, again, the, the second the second I say something, the opposite can be believed to be true uh, because um, that's just my track record. But I, I don't think that it's going to matter what Michigan puts in their contract because I don't think that um, – I just I don't think that it matters. You say he moved down here but kept refusing to sign the only kind of document that would kind of bind him or lock him into Ole Miss. Probably should have been a red flag to the coaches. I'll take your word for it. I do not know that um, myself, but uh, I will take your word for it. Um, If that is true, if he wouldn't sign anything, then I assume that they started looking around themselves too. The only positive spin on this in terms of timing is that it didn't happen at the last second of the spring window, for sure. Got another window opening up. Yeah, I. so you say Adidas tried to buy Ruben Owens for Louisville for $3 million. He decommitted because in the end he didn't want to go to Louisville, had to commit to a different Adidas school. Th- those numbers, I, I just I really have a hard time believing them. Uh, especially knowing what I know about uh, the the money that Quinshawn Judkins was offered, uh, seeing as though he's one of the best running backs in the nation and he didn't approach one million, it's just hard to believe that that three million um, it, it, it is possible. Uh, I, a lot of the numbers that get thrown around are, are simply I- inaccurate. They're they're just not real. I mean, especially especially when you get on like Facebook and stuff and see these Facebook groups and just the stuff that that people throw out there as absolute fact and it's just not absolute fact um is uh it's, it, there's so much there's it, a lot um and, and it's causing more hysteria than necessary which you know what what part of the problem is the numbers aren't public and because of that Stuff like that gets to run wild. I mean, maybe that maybe a running back was offered three million dollars. I I would have to see the contract before I would believe that personally. So, do we think the post spring practice portal will be more utilized this year? Oddly quiet last season. I, I do think so uh, because there's players are moving more and more. Um, I mean, Ole Miss is going to have to use it. Yeah, you know, they're still going to need some help. I, I would not be surprised if. Um, they don't either add a running back now. I know they're working on one uh, to possibly add from one of the teams that lost a coach, but 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do that uh, in this window. They'll they'll add a running back in that window, possibly another wide receiver. Got to need uh, an edge, uh, more defensive line help, um, possibly defensive back help. I mean, I think Ole Miss uh, they're they're going to need interior offensive linemen. So yeah, Ole Miss is going to be more active uh, in the spring window. Um, definitely, they're going to be active in the spring window. They have to be because. Despite the roster being in very good shape, because it's in very good shape, and they have all these guys returning, and all of that matters, but you need depth, and and they think that they can compete for championships. And so if you look at like the number one starter across the board, you really like what you've got in basically uh, every position. They're going to need some uh, defensive back help regardless. But, I mean, you, you like the front end starters basically everywhere. But they, they need they need help in a lot of places too. They'll be active there. Jim did say he would return to Michigan if they put a guaranteed no firing clause in the new contract. Did he say that he would for sure? Like would turn down the Chargers if they offer him uh, for that? Ole Miss has no other quarterback with starting experience on the roster. Do I think they'll add one? They've done it back to Ty Pegrome before 2021. I don't think so. Uh, no, I, I do not think that they will be adding uh, another quarterback to the roster. They have four scholarship quarterbacks on uh, the, the roster as it is uh, right now. Um, so adding another one, uh, I think, would be, uh, frankly, unnecessary. And, you know, maybe that they look at is is if they can get somebody basically for free that has experience, sure. But there, there are far more important positions, especially when, again, you have four scholarship quarterbacks on roster this fall. They don't need to add another one. Uh, the, the numbers are, are in their favor uh, at the moment. So, You say Neil McCready has always said you can cut these NIL evaluations in half or more to get the likelier deal. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, yeah. He's he's spot on, and he would know uh, as as well as anybody. That uh, you can probably even cut them by more than half, at least some of them. So, Ole Miss getting digs is Riscano for sure. RB three again was really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, well, it depends on Diggs' health, right? Uh, I mean, how healthy is he? I know they expect him to, you know, be able to play this fall and not really miss any time, but. Um, depends on how he recovers. It's a knee injury for a running back. You know, he may not be 100%. I still think that they're going to add one more. I, I really do. And Riscano may end up being great, but he's never taken a meaningful snap before. And I don't know if, I don't know if you can risk going into a season with Bentley, who's injury prone, knock on wood. He's not this year, knock on wood, but uh, poor kid hadn't been able to stay healthy uh, to this point. Diggs coming off of an injury, and Roscano who hasn't played a meaningful snap. So that's not enough to go into a season with. So they're going to add somebody. They're they're, they're going to have to because that's just not something that that you can depend on, especially when they're going to try to make the run that they're they're going to make. Is Zakari Franklin going to play for Ole Miss next year? What is the the latest? What is the deal uh, about that? Do you know? Because I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him hit the portal. And maybe he has, and I just don't know it. 
but but when you I mean in Lane Kiffin's words when you choose not to play in a game for your team is that team really going to bring you back let's see I'm trying to find it doesn't look like he's put his name in the portal I'm pulling it up right now. Sorry, I know this is not the best. Let's see, it would be 2024, right, would be where he would be listed. So, yeah, Tennyson to UCF, Trigg to Baylor. By the way, Michael Trigg to Baylor is okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, no, I so I do not see him being listed on the Ole Miss uh, portal tracker. So, I mean, I guess it's possible. I haven't seen or heard anything about that. So, you think the running back from Arizona might be in? Uh, that that would be a really good pickup. He's a good player. He's a, a good player. And, yeah, see, as I was looking, he's still on Ole Miss's roster – Maybe he does come back. I mean, the, the injury thing was weird. Uh, it couldn't enroll in time, so they couldn't get him the the medical help that he needed uh, because he wasn't a player for them at, at that time. And then, like, that that was just a weird deal. But but he's a quality player. Uh, I mean, put up huge numbers at, at UTSA. And and if he'd be willing to come back, I mean, he's, he's not going to start. But th- that would certainly be a helpful depth piece because – uh, as it's looking, uh, there, there's a possibility that Deion Smith is not going to play for Ole Miss. I mean, that, that's just been the most elusive uh, career. <laughs> I mean, everybody's been counting on Deion Smith to be at Ole Miss for like three years now, and he just – it may not happen. So if he returns, then, you know, there, there's worse depth pieces that you can have at wide receiver than a guy that caught – over a thousand yards worth of passes in a season at the division one level, you know, if he played versus Georgia, he couldn't red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's all that was. It's okay. If you get me off topic, that doesn't bother me. Asking for a friend, if your offensive coordinator is flirting with NFL teams, is it time to panic for a certain program? Uh, who is that? Are you, are you talking about Kentucky? Is it Kentucky that? Because I know Liam Cohen is, has been linked to some NFL openings, right? Is that who you're, is that who you're talking about? Ideal Saints offensive coordinator candidate, uh, whoever they're not going to hire. Uh, no, I saw uh, Nick Underhill uh, today say that um, they should and possibly would look at the quarterbacks coach for the Texans. Now, I like that. That that intrigues me because he's had a pretty quick rise. Uh, hadn't really been in the NFL that long. Um, but there's no way that C.J. Stroud – is this prepared on his own, right? And so if he can get a rookie quarterback looking like C.J. Stroud looks right now on this team, 
then you've really got to like the possibilities there. So I, I'm afraid Gruden's already in the building as an analyst. I'm afraid that they're they're just going to hire Gruden, and and that's going to suck. But I would like to see some kind of a hot board. I haven't, I haven't seen one yet. I mean, I know Pete just got fired today, but there's no way that the people that cover the team weren't ready for this, right? And what's funny in the NFL is you can't go poach somebody else's offensive coordinator without that team giving you permission. You know, so you've got to you got to promote, so you got to give somebody a true promotion. Baylor's in hail mary mode; they'll just take anyone. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a, a kind of a last shot for Dave Aranda. It uh, it seems so. Anything is possible these days. Crazy times. Crazy, crazy times. Aranda said he really screwed up with the character of players he's added through the portal and then adds Trig. But as T said, Hail Mary mode. He's got to win. Maybe he can help him. Please don't give me negative news about Deion Smith. Um, frankly, I, I don't know anything more than than any of the, the team site uh, reporters know. But when you've got somebody that for for a couple of years you've talked about yeah, they'll be there. Just got to get academics clear. Got to get academics clear. Got to get academics clear. And has never been able to do that. Uh, th- there's a reason. I just I, I wouldn't count those chickens until they enroll in school. Uh, until then. And, and that's why, one, I, I haven't been talking about him much because you already have proven guys anyway. I mean, you, you've got you've got Trey Harris and you've got Watkins and, and now you've got Juice Wells, and you've got pre-score on the tight end. They've added another tight end, and like they, they don't rotate receivers much anyway. But every time I bring up the receiver, somebody would say, "And Deion Smith, don't forget Deion Smith." It's like he hadn't shown you at this level that he can do it. So it, whose spot is he going to take? Like who, who's whose spot is he going to take? Is he going to play over Juice Wells? I mean, you, there's no reason to think that he would. Is he going to play over Watkins? There's no reason to think that he would, and there's no reason to think that he would over Harris. So. Uh, aside from the fact that he is having trouble getting into school, you've got more proven guys on roster anyway. I think people are are just kind of buying into this hype so much that they're they're blinding themselves to the lack of experience that he has, and also blinding themselves to the experience of the guys that he was not going to play in front of anyway. At least I don't think. You still think Deion Smith is going the Tim Bowens route? Thoughts on Kane Womack leaving uh, South Alabama for Alabama as their defensive coordinator? Um, it's more money, and it's uh, it, it seems like that will fast-track him to a big job faster. So, I mean, look at John Sumrall, right? He's been absolutely elite at Troy. Elite at Troy. Um, didn't get the Mississippi State job, and he had to move to Tulane uh, to continue his career trajectory. Now, there's nothing wrong with being the head coach at Troy or Tulane. I mean, and, and look at what Tulane's doing in the portal. They are adding guys. I mean, they are really, really adding guys. And so um, it was a good move for him. They're, they're invested at Tulane. They care there, obviously. But where did Dan Lanning come from? You know what I mean? I promise you Pete Golding's next job is going to be head coach at a Power 5 school. That'll be his next job. He didn't have to do the Troy thing. 
He didn't have to go to South Alabama. His next job, I promise you, is going to be a Power 5 coaching job. Whether it be at Ole Miss or not, doesn't matter. Kane Womack, I think, going to Alabama will give him a better chance at getting a Power 5 job. Maybe Vanderbilt comes open. Or South Carolina is going to be looking for a coach soon, at least I think. Florida might be looking for a coach soon, at least I think. So if you're one of these bigger programs, it appears they are far more likely to hire a a highly successful coordinator at a power than a group of five head coach. I mean, even Syracuse. Syracuse and the ACC, look what they hired. They, They didn't hire Kane Womack. They didn't go after John Sumrall. They got somebody from Georgia, not even a coordinator. So it makes sense. It's more money, and it seems like that is a better chance to get you the big job than having to be at a place like that and then take the first thing that comes, like, speaking of Troy, West Virginia, Neil Brown. So this makes more sense. So I think Ole Miss would drop Franklin for the Brown kid at wide receiver at Kentucky. I don't think that they would have to quote unquote drop somebody to pick up somebody else. But yeah, they would. Uh, but yes, I mean you would you would take that trade, but I don't think you would have to tr- to trade necessarily. Marquise Willis would be a nice piece too. Yeah, oh, uh, sorry, I had to Google him to, to trigger my memory. That's the the wide receiver that played in like an option offense, right, at Kahoma. And people think that, that he's got like elite, like insane elite level speed, right? That's the guy you're talking about. It's so hard to keep up with these anymore. Looking at a possible two tight end set for Ole Miss this year. Uh, yeah, probably not all that often, but yes, I mean, you, I, I think you'll see it incorporated, um, but I don't think it's going to be like something that you're going to see all the time. Uh, that that offense just, it, they don't need to do that. Uh, I mean, when, when you've got the three receivers that they're going to have paired with the running game, paired with the, the single tight end that, in the quarterback, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's necessary to run many two tight end sets because you're really, really good. At wide receiver, I mean, your third most talented receiver is Jordan Watkins. Think about that. So you've got Harris, you've got Wells, uh, who are going to get tons of attention from the defense, and then look at so so taking one of those three guys off the field consistently doesn't really make a, a whole lot of sense to me. Now you're going to see it for sure. Absolutely, you're going to see two tight end sets, but I, I don't think that running that often uh, would be the best thing uh, for Ole Miss's offense when it comes to like scoring points and winning games, because that would mean that you would take one of these guys um, off the field. And I don't, I don't think that that is uh, something that you want to do, quite frankly. I really don't think you want to do that. So anyway, that Indiana 2019 football staff was loaded, apparently, no doubt. Tulane is taking flyers on kids who didn't really work out elsewhere, though. High risk, hopefully high reward. You got to do that, though, right? I mean, you're not getting talent like that otherwise if you're Tulane. So so go big or go home, man. I mean, what are you going to do, lose games? Would you rather win eight games or win 11 and make the playoff? I mean, what's the difference between eight wins and five wins? Is that that big of a gap between eight wins and making the playoff? 
So it's the Sean Lewis route, but DeBoer's son isn't the quarterback at Bama. Yeah, what a raw deal he got, right? And of course, ended up better, landed on his feet in a better situation than the one that he was uh, than he was currently at. He's Malik Willis's younger brother. I did not know that. That's interesting. That is interesting. D1 Baseball releases top 25, eight SEC teams in there with no state or Ole Miss. How do we get here so soon after Natty's? Um, you lose a lot of players from those championship teams and don't replace them with as good of players. Uh, sorry, Jay. That I I know that was that was kind of, but for for Mississippi State. Um, they haven't pitched well. The, the bullpen has been a disaster for two years. And they poached South Carolina's pitching coach, so that should help. Um, Ole Miss had bullpen issues last year too, uh, frankly. But um, they portaled really well. The, these two teams are, are very interesting because Mississippi State, frankly, baseball-wise, flopped in the portal. Now, that doesn't mean they're they're not going to be an improved team or whatever. Again, they got a pitching coach from South Carolina who did a really nice job there. They have some talent on the mound. They have some talent in the lineup. I mean, it's there. You've seen it in flashes. But um, they did not fill needs via transfer portal at all. Uh, I mean, I have no idea who's going to pitch for that team uh, absent the, the first couple of starters. It, they did really poorly, quite frankly, really poorly. Ole Miss did, did well. In, in the baseball portal. Uh, number seven portal class, I think, according to D1, filled positions of need, got quality players, didn't get any starting pitching, or at least not uh, the first two days anyway. But at least I don't think so. We'll see. I have no idea what the rotation is going to look like, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. But regardless, they did really well in the portal. But these are guys that you haven't seen do it yet for Ole Miss. So... A lot of question marks around both teams right now. But Ole Miss did well in the portal. State, frankly, just did not, baseball-wise. Just just really did not. Lane Kiffin's tweet about Isaiah Bond is kind of funny and true about NIL. It's perfect. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It, it just, it, it is what it is. That That is life. I mean, you, you've got guys getting Lambos and talking about business decisions. But again, if they want to be pros then they're going to get treated like pros. And they're not going to like everything that comes with being treated like a pro. But that's life. It's what you ask for. More concerning game for Ole Miss in 2024 at LSU or hosting Oklahoma. At LSU, in my opinion, is more concerning. Just difficult place to play. Um, they've made really good hires on the defensive side of the ball. in Oklahoma, I mean, they're both breaking in new quarterbacks. But um, Oklahoma loses their offensive coordinator as well, breaking in a new quarterback. It, um, yeah, I think at LSU is is more concerning, mostly because of locale. But is this true? Coach Prime let his kids skip team meetings and workouts this week to go to Fashion Week in Paris. Is that true? The twenty twenty four season is going to be hilarious when they go five and seven, and he leaves when his kids do. I. Man, if I was on that team, if I was on that team, and that and what you're saying is true, 
if my teammates got excused absences to go to Fashion Week in Paris, I'm hitting. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not staying there. I'm hitting the portal. I'm leaving. There's no way. There's absolutely no way I would participate if that is true. And I'm not saying I don't believe you, Kurt. I said just you, you know how sometimes things get reported. Um, I'm not staying on that team. I'm, I'm hitting the transfer portal. I am not being part of a culture like that. There's absolutely no way. Uh, we all sacrifice together, or I will go find somebody else to sacrifice with. You know who's pitching for state, TBA, TBA, and TBA? Well, it's Gerondrillo and then TBA, TBA, but I hear you. How scary could state be on offense in a couple years with guys like J.J. Harrell, Stonka Burnside, and Mario Craver, and possibly adding Caleb Cunningham? Got to find a way to keep them all. And I hate to say it like that, but but that's not that's not a Mississippi State thing. That is a college football thing. But yes, the, the talent that they have gotten in the high school ranks and that they will get, it seems like Cunningham is just a no-brainer going to State. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's a whole year before he signs, but that's where it looks like things are headed at the moment. Um, the, the, the talent there at wide receiver in the high school ranks is really, really good. And they have not been able to acquire and use wide receiver talent adequately. And that will not be a problem for Jeff Levy. Um, he will, they're, they're going to score points. They're going to have good offense. Uh, there's no doubt. And so that, that's a really promising start uh, from the high school ranks, getting those, um, getting that group of receivers for sure. Yes. State still does have the guy that uh, the ambid dexterous, but, with the K in the middle. I tried to make that a thing. It didn't become a thing. It's only a matter of time before one of these kids wrecks a supercar that they have no business driving and hurt themselves or someone else. And we have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Well, that kind of has already happened. uh, Sort of for a former Ole Miss wide receiver that never actually played in the game. There was an issue involving a car that was being driven too fast. Um, But here's the thing, though. Um, Humans, especially young humans, do stupid things. Uh, I just, I, I don't think that you can prevent a legal adult from engaging in legal free market and then prevent everybody from doing so because of the mistakes of a few, right? Does that make sense? I think I said that terribly, but I think that it, one, legally, you're never going to win in court blocking compensation for athletes. You're never going to win that. It's already been proven. You're never going to win that. It's a losing endeavor. It's never, ever, ever going to happen ever. Um, so, so that off the jump, they've got to figure out a way to, to fix this without attacking compensation because that will always lose. The, the portal's the issue, not the compensation. We, we talk about that all the time. You guys hear me talk about that all the time. But uh, I think that it is morally right to let them benefit financially as athletes. And if one player gets one of these really nice cars and wrecks it, I don't think it's just to prevent other players from being afforded that same opportunity. Somebody else's actions should not impact 
me. You know what I mean? So, obviously, a Ravens fan is moving to Baltimore. What's my confidence level in Lamar in the playoffs? I think this is the year, Jay. I think this is the year for Lamar. Uh, I, I think that they're going to go to – they're my Super Bowl pick. Now, my heart Super Bowl pick, honestly, my heart is the Detroit Lions. I'm not a fan. I just – I love this story, and I love Dan Campbell. Um, but my, my my pick to win the Super Bowl is the Ravens. So, yeah, anyway. All right, guys, I got to run. I hate to do it, but I've got so much – I've got so much I've got to do uh, around here. Uh we wrecked the house today, my son and I. Just wrecked it. We couldn't play outside, so we destroyed the place. So I've got to undestroy the place. So uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you are the absolute best. Please like the video uh, if you haven't already. I'll see you Thursday night, 8 o'clock Thursday night. So it'll be 30 minutes later than it was tonight. Um, 8 o'clock. We'll talk hoops tomorrow, by the way. We got hoops tomorrow. Two big games at 6 o'clock, so we'll talk about those on Thursday, whatever else comes up between now and then, maybe some NFL playoffs. I'll see you guys then. You are the absolute best. Uh, sorry, I'm having to cut this short. I've just I've, I've got to clean up before I go to bed. So I'll, uh, I'll see you guys um, on the next one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.